Welcome to Brave Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. We're in a series on Sundays going through the Gospel of Mark, but we also want to encourage you, if you live in the area, go to brave.church slash homechurch and check out our home churches that are gathering together around these teachings throughout the week. We believe the kind of church Jesus came to start is more than a crowd. It's friends on a mission living life together. Another great way to connect further is through social media, where there is content designed to inspire and inform you. Here's this week's talk. I'm Darren Laws. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm going to perform a backflip with a double twist into a a 240-pound cannonball. Okay, 255-pound cannonball. Um, Man, today we're continuing our our series of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, You have notes in your programs. If you didn't get those on your way in, just raise your hand. One of the ushers will get you program notes so that you can follow along. If you brought your Bible, you can follow along or go to your phone, go to Mark chapter 4. And while you're going there, I want to begin with a short story that uh, I believe will kind of help set the tone for how we should look at this particular passage. Uh, One year while I was ministering in uh, throughout Europe... I got to see some really amazing churches, and one in particular was historic, uh, Notre Dame uh, Cathedral, or Notre Dame, and it uh, it presides, it's this archaeological, I mean, uh, architectural glory, I mean, it's just an amazing, it's on the Seine River, the bend of the river there, it's in the heart of Paris, Uh, it's just an amazing building, Uh, it's heralded, and in 1323, they called it the, the sun among stars. And uh, the builders, it took them 200 years to craft it. It has, can you imagine that, a building project for 200 years? That would, that would ruin a marriage. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just iconic towers, sweeping arches, stained glass, ornate statues, engravings. And then over 700 years, Church leaders would then embellish the building with all kinds of bells and other things. Uh, revolutionaries ravaged the building over the years. Patriots then restored the church. Uh, this once just vibrant outside colors are now peeled and they're faded and they leave now this familiar warm gray stone. It's a beautiful building. Um, 14 million people will go through it this year, tour through it. Uh, so on that day that I was there, I watched across the street, I watched literally thousands of people stream through the massive front doors. I mean, young people, old people, loud people, reflective and meditative people, uh, different nations, uh, styles of dress. They came in with different attitudes and languages. Uh, for most people, it took them about an hour to go through the church building. Uh, they left awestruck. They left amazed, appreciative, worshipful, but for the most part, they all left unchanged. What is the difference between Notre Dame Cathedral and a typical American church on any given Sunday? Not much, really. Each week, millions of American Christians, they'll walk through the doors of church buildings, they'll observe and kind of follow the one-hour program or whatever's being done, and then they'll walk out, most without having their spiritual life ignited in a life-changing way. Now, why is that? The story that we're about to read breaks down the reason for this, and Jesus gets right to the heart of the matter, the soil of your soul. That's the title of this talk, The Soil of Your Soul. And if someone were to ask you, 
Are you closer to Jesus today than let's say this time last year? Has anybody ever asked you that, like in a home church or something? Like, how do you even answer that question? Am I closer to Jesus, you know, this year from last year? Well, today you're going to be able to assess your own spiritual progress. And we're going to read one of the most famous and most memorable parables in all of the Bible. And we're praying for you to hear and to see through fresh eyes. Now, I'm not going to bury the lead because I want us to begin processing right now the metaphor of this this story early on and try to find yourself in this story. The story is about the soil of your soul. Let's begin with Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. What is a parable? Well, first, you might be surprised to know that Jesus did not invent parables. He was not the first person to ever tell a parable. The Hebrews, the Jews, the Israelites often told parables. Parables are short stories that illustrate a meaning. Parents in Jesus' day would tell their own children parables or stories. My own mom and dad, I grew up and they told me stories with meaning. My, my, in fact, my dad, he's quite a character, uh, and so is his brother Daryl. And so last Christmas, uh, Uncle Daryl came for Christmas dinner at my parents' house, and Uncle Daryl and my dad, they're both from Oklahoma. And my dad told me that they were called Okies growing up. That's what you call them, Okies from Oklahoma. Now, if you picture uh, them in overalls with a shovel and a floppy hat and literally a dog named Spot, that's my dad and my Uncle Daryl, okay? So uh, my dad had two pet crows uh, growing up, and he, he named the crows Sammy and Danny. Now, I'm not making this up. And when Sammy and Danny were flying overhead, he would call their name, and they would literally come and land on his arm right? And uh, he said to me one day, he said, Darren, this is my dad, he said, I I had a pet pigeon once too, and I named him king until he laid an egg, and then I named him queen, (laughs) right? So so you got to picture these two, Uncle Daryl, like Daryl and Daryl, Uncle Daryl's 77, my dad's going on 81, and they're quite the pair, and we're at our Christmas dinner, and my Uncle Daryl pulls out the, the family photo album, right? And he wants us to go through it. Now, this is a real family photo album, not the ones on your iPhone or, you know, all that. This is like the old-fashioned big book that you pull out, you know, you know it's got plastic, and it's really awkward. And so this is our family photo album, and we're going to go through this. And so he starts flipping through this, and we're looking at all the family pictures, and, you know, and then all of a sudden I said, hey, um, uh, Uncle Daryl, they don't really look familiar. I mean, I see this is, I know this is Grandma and Grandpa Laws, and, uh, but these other two, they kind of look like, uh, th- this, they look like, that one looks like Aubrey Hepburn, and that one looks like Doris Day. And my dad says, yeah, Daryl, I don't remember them being part of our family. <laughs> And uh, Uncle Daryl says, they're not. I saw these pictures in a swap meet, and I really liked them, so I added them. (laughs) You just add them to your family photo album. So, you know, what's awkward is Tracy, my wife, wanted to add Brad Pitt, and she was naming all kinds of other people that weren't related to us, right? But these two guys, they just love to tell stories, and they love to laugh. Well, in Jesus' day, not only did parents all tell parables and stories, but rabbis 
Rabbis were especially known for their parables with meaning. And we know that Jesus was a rabbi and he taught a parable. And this is the parable. And you can write this down in your notes. A parable was an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Let's pick up in verse two. It says, he taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was gathering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil and it came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Verse nine, then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus starts the story with the word listen, and then he ends with whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So hearing what he's saying is important, but not everybody is hearing what he's saying. You know, one of the number one uh, complaints in all relationships is it'll go something like this. You know, my wife never listens to me. My husband never listens to me. My coworkers never listen to me. My parents don't listen to me. People feel like they're not being heard. This guy went to the doctor and he said, doctor, he said, look, I'm not, I'm not here for myself. I'm here for my wife and she's not here, but I'm really concerned about her because I, I think that my wife is losing her hearing. It's just not what it used to be. And I think that she's going deaf and I'm really concerned. What do I do? And the doctor says, well, you can do a test. When you get home tonight, uh, if she's, for example, standing in the kitchen with her back towards you, stand about 15 feet behind her and ask her a question to see if she can hear you. So the man goes home and he happens to see his wife is in the kitchen and, and uh, so he stands about 15 feet back to try the test and he, he asks the question. He says to her, he says, honey, what's for dinner tonight? No response. He moves a little closer, about 10 feet away from her, from her back and says, honey, what's for dinner tonight? No response. He's getting concerned. He moves five feet closer Ask the same question, honey, what's for dinner tonight? Still no response. So now he's standing behind her inches away from her and he asks the question, honey, what's for dinner tonight? And she whirls around and yells at him, I've already told you four times it's chicken, are you deaf? <laughs> he thought she was hard of hearing, but it was really him. Jesus starts this story and he says to all the people that are on the shore, which by the way, that word shore literally means soil. So all the people are standing on the same shoreline and he says, listen to everybody. And then after he finishes the story, he says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Let's pick up in verse 10. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Now, this story 
is for you and I, but this story is also part of a much larger story, and that's the spreading of the word of God, the kingdom of God, God's rule and God's work on earth through people's hearts. How do you extend the kingdom of God? It's through people choosing to come under the lordship of the king of kings. And so this parable is an invitation from God for us to assess our own listening abilities, our own receptivity, if you will, to God's word into the soil of your soul. Pastor Samuel last week talked about being in the inner circle of Jesus and and what does that require? The theme really continues in this story. He says, "Where, where where am I in relationship to God's word? Am I on the inside? Am I on the outside? Am I seeing? Am I one of those that's hearing what God is saying? And then in verse 12, Jesus quotes from Isaiah 6, verses 9 through 10. The book of Isaiah, there in your programs, in your notes, it says, is a message about judgment and hope. In Isaiah and the Old Testament, the imagery of a farmer sowing seed is used in many prophecies throughout the Old Testament. In Isaiah 55, God says, my word is like a farmer sowing seed that will not return to me empty. So throughout the Old Testament, the prophets, there are these reoccurring stories of a farmer who sows. Israel knew God as a generous farmer who sows seeds of hope. When Jesus says, listen, he's saying, you should already know this, what I'm about to say. But many of you are here today, you're on the shore, you're in the crowd, but you are ever seeing but not perceiving, you're hearing but not understanding. And if you did, well, if you did, you would turn your life around and you'd be forgiven. So Jesus' use of the farmer sowing the seed story was from their cultures, from their history. They were an agrarian society. They were largely farmers. But what matters most today is this, is learning how can each of us cultivate the soil of our souls? Throughout the prophets in the Old Testament, when the story of the farmer sows his message was being told, there were two groups of people in the Old Testament. There were the outsiders, and outsiders were described as unfaithful and disobedient. They were always caught up in the cares of their own lives, their worries, their wealth, their desire for other things. They were called idols. And the people were described as dull of hearing. The next group of people were called the insiders, and they were described as the faithful and the obedient. They were insiders simply because they chose to be. They, they made a decision to be all in. God, I'm all in. And they heard and they saw the mission of God on earth to bring redemption to the world. So when Jesus uses the imagery of a father sowing seed and then quotes from the book of Isaiah, he's saying to the crowd on the shore, this is that which you have heard about for centuries, all those prophecies about the coming of the Messiah, the time has come, it is here, I am here. And remember the book of Mark opened with that very first sentence, the beginning of the good news, the time has come. The kingdom of God is coming and is here. And if you're willing to seek first the kingdom of God in your personal life, if you're willing to, to hear this and see this and you're willing to receive and obey God's word, well, then you'll be part of the greatest cause on earth, helping people find and follow Jesus. Some of you in the crowd that are hearing these words today, you know, from the shore 
from your chairs on the podcast, you can feel God's heart beating in your heart. You can see what God's doing, and you're just all in. You really are, and you're amazing, and you are ready to seek first the kingdom of God. You want to hear. You want to understand what God is saying, and you want to obey. Well done. And you see your life as being about something bigger than yourself. And that is the biggest difference between an insider and an outsider. Insiders, man, they enjoy life too, but they see everything they have as belonging to God. They see their time, their talents, their resources as belonging to God. And so they view their life from a very different lens. Outsiders live without knowing the true why of their life. How do I know my soil is good soil? Well, insiders know that they're on a mission to help others, help others find and follow Jesus, that it's not just any neighborhood I'm living in. God's placed me in this neighborhood. How can I reach out and truly love my neighbors? It's not just any carpool I'm in. I'm, I'm now in this new job, and I'm carpooling, and how can I have an influence for good? The soccer field, my kids are playing soccer, but I'm getting to know the other moms and dads, and how could God use that? They look at their life differently as being on a strategic assignment by God to help other people, to encourage others, to love others, to share God's message. And if you're comforting other people with the same comfort you've received in Christ, the soil of your soul is good soil, so way to go. Next, Jesus explains what the parable means to those that are willing to hear. Is that your desire to to hear what God wants to say to you? Uh, A few weeks ago, Tracy and I were having dinner. We were on one of our date nights, and she was sharing with me, and she was giving me some uh, perspective on some things that I could work on and I could improve. And uh, finally, I just agreed, and I said, Tracy, I'm tired of being bad (laughs) are you willing to listen it was really good input it was really right on what she was sharing do you ever just think oh you're right i did that again do you want to grow do do you want to get better do you want to hear a word from god for your life if you're married just ask your wife (laughs) no i'm just i'm just playing all right Earlier I said today that you're going to be able to assess your own spirituality. This is kind of cool. It's like a spiritual x-ray machine that's about ready to happen. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? As I read these next six verses, we're going to play a little game, but it's more than a game. I want you to find yourself. I want you to find the verse that says, you know what, that's me. That's where I'm at. Be willing to listen first starts with being honest about where I'm at. Verse 14, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the seed, where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Verse 16, others are like seed sown on rocky places. They hear the word and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Verse 18, still others, like seeds sown among thorns, they hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, 
and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what is sown. Jesus identified four types of people and how they each respond to his word. You can write this down, four types of soil. One, hard soil. Two, shallow soil. Three, crowded soil. And four, good soil. Which soil do you most identify with? Hard soil, what is that? Well, simply their hearts are hardened. They're, they're predisposed against the gospel message. The Bay Area is called a, a hard area. There's a predisposition against what it means to follow Jesus. The shallow soil is their spiritual experience is an emotional response. Man, it's like, I'm in, this is great, this is incredible, and then four weeks later, you don't see him again. It's kind of like how Christianity makes me feel good. I like to feel good, and then I'm out of here. You know, when something challenging happens, man, I'm a Christian, I'm following Jesus. I lose my job, I lose a loved one, someone that I love is sick. You know, tough stuff happens, and they, they quit, they check out. The crowded soil, uh, they're divided in mind and heart, they're distracted, and disobedient. Jesus calls out three specific things to describe the crowded soil. It's interesting of all the soils, this particular one he gives the biggest description to, which would lend to us thinking that maybe this is where a lot of us who have begun to follow Jesus are. And he says this, he says there's three things. There's worry, there's wealth, and there's the desire for many other things. The worldly culture we live in, it chokes out the word from our lives. There, there, there's less room for the seeds of God's word to grow within us because there's just so many competing things, just so many things. Like we're having a seek night coming up, a worship night. You don't have to go to be a red hot follower of Jesus. I get that. But there'll be some competing things like, will I go to this or will I go to that? And, and you may already have something planned and that's great. I totally get that. The point is, is when we find ourselves making everyday decisions, it's just crowded in our hearts. And Jesus says things like this. He literally says, do not worry about anything. And instead, we tend to worry about everything. We just use different words like, well, I'm concerned. <laughs> At least that's the word I use. And then Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart is. And we tend to spend most of our treasure on ourselves. Then Jesus says things like this, seek ye first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all the other things you desire, those will be added, but seek first the kingdom of God. We tend to desire many other things and then try to find God or add God. But then Jesus describes this last soil. The good soil is made up of people who say this. Good soil is, man, I'm all in. Jesus is Lord. All I have is being leveraged to extend God's kingdom here on earth. I'm on mission. If you're a follower of Jesus, you realize you're not your own. You belong to him, that your life is consistently about honoring God. And so you sow generously. You sow your life and your family, and you, you kind of know what really matters most. The family that you're growing has some values, 
And your life has some deep roots that are being created because you have an anchor and a value system. You see, roots produce good soil, a good life in God's kingdom. The, the average harvest in Jesus' day was eight times. So when Jesus says, in this good soil, you're going to produce 30, 60, 100 times over, this was like amazing harvest. Spiritual growth and character is not automatic. It happens when you and I are cultivating obedience in the soil of your soul towards God's word. Now, here's the good news. Good soil can be cultivated. It can be developed. If you think about it, we all begin spiritually with either hard or shallow soil. Isn't that true? Uh, we, we've all struggled to cultivate our souls. But because you're here, you're a fighter. You're a winner. You want to have good soil. There's something that God's doing in your life. Even if you came in today with hard soil or shallow soil or crowded soil, whatever, wherever you're at on that, there's something that's happening. And if you think about the progression of our stories and the phases of the growth that we go through, they're actually very similar. We all began with, with at some moment, there were ears to hear and we, we just heard the gospel. We just heard it. We just, we just saw it. We got it. And when that happened, we all started out and we responded with what? Joy. Joy. At first we looked like, looked like shallow soil. I, I'm joy. This is incredible. And you just, you couldn't get enough. You have this vibrant faith and worship was so fresh and new and you marked up and highlighted your Bible and you couldn't wait to be there. And, and there was this hunger for more. But then as life goes along, something happens and stuff happens and trouble comes and persecution comes and pain comes and our romance with God turns into routine. Delight turns into disillusionment. Enjoying God is replaced by, I'm just enduring life. And our souls are in pain and we're thirsty and we, 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 we try to replace God with quick fixes. You know, if I can just do enough pleasure, if I could do enough stuff, if I could just, you know, all these other things, I'm trying to fix this aching that's in my soul. All this worry, I'm trying to push it out with other things. And we want, we want wealth and we want to buy things and we want to desire a lot of many things. And it just gets so crowded in there that it's even hard to hear from God. And we're not so much focused on God's purpose through us on earth. We want the things of earth. <laughs> and when we, we really lose our way, the word of God becomes more of a wise suggestion than a holy conviction. It's like I can hear the word and I could be in complete disobedience to it and then I kind of just leave the Notre Dame Cathedral and go on about my day. It's like everything's a suggestion rather than a command and we lose our way. The heart of the matter is the soil of your soul. Our stories of growth are really very similar for all of us. We start out so full of joy to follow Jesus, to listen, to obey God. If God's word says it, I do it, check. Be baptized, check. Give regularly, done. Serve, I'm in, where do you need me, check. Join a home church, I'm in, check. You've checked all the boxes. Then something happens and it's just, there's disillusionment. 
And with that disillusionment, it's like, where's God in relationship to me and this? And I don't know why God did that. I don't know why this happened. And then that's usually followed by misery because we're hurt, hurt, hurt at God. Some of us will react and we'll just say it. I'm hurt at God or I'm mad at God. Others of us, we, we think, man, that's too disrespectful. I can't ever say that. I just live with the fact that I'm hurt towards God, but I can never say that because then God will know. <laughs> but he knows. And there's just a level of misery. Wow, I thought the church was going to be more like this. And I thought my leaders were going to be more like this. And, and I just thought, this, you know, I don't know, this, thing, well, this whole thing is like really well organized. Is this a business, right? And then as time passes, and hopefully it does for you, uh, you begin to reflect. And next comes understanding. Okay, okay. My church was unhealthy, that I used to go to. But that doesn't make all churches unhealthy. I don't have to like just broad sweep the whole thing. All churches are this way and all leaders are this way. Understanding comes. You're more reflective. And then, okay, maybe, okay, okay, maybe I could have done something different when I was at that other church. Maybe I should have really went and talked to that person. I just wasn't brave enough. I'll be honest. I, I just wanted to write them off, you know, or uh, you know, I didn't have to stay in that bad place. That was my choice. I didn't have to take all that. I, I'm responsible too, you know? And then that's when understanding starts to come. And then with understanding, the whole, the next level is what I would call mature love. People are not perfect, but I'm still going to follow Jesus. I'm still going to be in love with Jesus and his word and worship. And people, you can do whatever you want to do. You can hide, you can be a counterfeit, you can be a hypocrite, whatever you want to do. I'm just going to follow Jesus. And oh, and churches aren't perfect. I I realize that now. I'm here. (laughs) Right? Oh, and leaders aren't perfect. Oh, man, I should just keep my eyes on Jesus. Yes, that's how you started, right? Keeping your eyes on Jesus? What a great idea. You know what? Love covers a multitude of mistakes. You see, some of you did your wild years at some other church, and you're actually better people now. We've gotten better people here because you've made all your mistakes at all those screwed up churches that you went to. You see what I'm saying? Now we can have a perfect church if you'll cooperate. All right? The reality is I'm goofed. You're goofed. We're all goofed. Get over it. Follow Jesus. God's word is still true. Oh, but I went through this and this and this. I get that. I've went through this, this, and this myself. But God's word is still true. And I was born to change the world. I need to be part of the church body that Jesus came to start, not isolate from the church body that Jesus came to start. How silly is that? I'm a liver. I just think I'll hang out over here and get drunk. I mean, really, you need to be part of the body. You need each other. So I will not give up on this. I want my soil of my soul to be good soil. I don't want it to get hard and crusty. I want to remain soft and forgiving and loving, and I want my roots to go down deep here. In the Bible, a person's life is like a tree. Isaiah 61, verse 3, it says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You're growing into someone. Lily Tomlin said, I always wanted to be somebody. I just should have been more specific, (laughs) right? In verse 20, 
Jesus sums all this up and gives us a prescription for how to cultivate our soil to be good soil. And it's, it's very clear and it's very precise and it's right here in verse 20. Fruitful people do three things consistently. Do you want to know what those are? The three things that fruitful people do consistently over time. They hear, they accept, and they do. They hear God's word. They hear it. We hear best when we're humble. When we're full of pride, it's hard to hear anything. We can't hear criticism. We can't hear constructive. We can't hear anything. When, when, I, when there's pride in there, I don't want to hear. I don't like your shirt, Pastor Darren. I don't like you. I don't like your shoes. I, I just, I don't want to hear anything. I want to critique everything. I, there's pride and you can't, you can't hear. Humility, though, it's like, man, I really want to hear. This is just between me and God here today. And I, I'm thinking about my own soil right now. I'm not thinking about your soil or their soil or someone else's soil. I just want to hear from God today about my own soil. I want to hear. And then I want to accept God's word. I want to, I want to receive what God's saying. I don't want to dismiss those thoughts, that, that flow of spontaneous thoughts that are smarter than I am, that, that moment where you get that word, you, you know, you get that nudge, I'm supposed to do this, and you just know in your knower, this is God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept it, and then I'm going to do it. I'm going to actually do it. Nobody knows what I'm hearing from God right now. Nobody has any idea. It's just between God and I. They'll never know if I'm disobedient or obedient, but God will. And so I'm going to just make every effort to be obedient. Even if I look crazy, sound crazy, I'm just going to be obedient. Do what he tells you to do. Jesus taught that good soil hears, accepts, and does the will of God. It's just that simple. In a few moments, we're going to sing, and and we're going to worship. Why do we sing? There's many reasons, but one is, is it softens the soil of our souls. When I sing and when I read the lyrics and I sing out loud and I worship, it causes my spirit to tune in, to get on the right channel, to dial in the frequency. And the music and the lyrics, they, they soften the soil of my heart so we can, we can better hear and receive God's word for us. Psalm 22 says that God inhabits our praises. Do you want to get God's attention? We can do that in a few moments. And it's as we sing, we prepare the soil of our hearts to hear and then to do what God is saying. Do you see yourself in one of these soils that Jesus described? That day when Jesus was on that boat sitting and they were all the crowd was present, they were all listening and they were all seeing themselves. They were seeing the soil of their hearts. Here's the beautiful thing about the farmer. The farmer sowed generously to all different types of soil. He didn't like just, well, oh, they're, they're, they're hardened, so I won't give them much seed. Or they're kind of shallow and emotional, so I won't give them much time. Oh, they're so busy and crowded, I'm not going to spend time with them or give them much seed. No, oh, they, these are the good people over here. I'm going to give them all the majority of the seed. That's not what happened. The farmer loves, for God so loves the world. And he sowed generously to all his seed everywhere. Have, have you gave every soil the same opportunity? Yes, he has. 
all of us to hear, to accept, to do, to grow. And that's why we grow over time as people. We grow into the families we're meant to be. We grow into the church that God's called us to be. So I want to pray with you. And uh, this morning, some of you came here today ready to be baptized. And and, uh, we're going to have a baptism here in just a few moments. And as we bow our heads in prayer, if you were one of those that came ready to be baptized, you can quietly slip out over into the corner to get ready. And also, I would say this. Maybe you didn't come here ready to be baptized, uh, but you just sense it in your heart. Maybe it's one of those moments where you've heard and you've listened and you've accepted and it's like, now it's time to do. I've been putting off baptism. I, I've never been baptized and I need to be baptized. And you just know it in your heart. It's no big deal if you go home wet. So what? You get your clothes dirty. They're just clothes. They're just material things that are temporal. We have extra towels. And so you may be sitting here go, man, I need to do this. I need to be baptized. And you can do that. You just, you just make your way to the corner and, and we'll do that today. But would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I just want to ask you, is there anyone here today that you would say, you know what, I, I want to receive the gospel this morning. I want to receive the good news. I want to make peace with God in my, my heart. I want to receive what God is saying to me. And I want to receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. And I want to begin to follow him today. I want to make that decision today. And if that's you, I'm not going to have you stand or come forward, but right where you're sitting, just slip up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. That's what I want to do. Just go ahead and respond. That's great, you guys. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's wonderful. All right. I'm going to pray a prayer. And for those of you that raised your hands, you can make this prayer your own prayer. Lord Jesus, I just ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want to be all in. I want to be good soil. And so I confess today in my heart and my mind and, and being that, that you died on the cross for my sins. You were resurrected on the third day. And through a relationship with you, I have resurrection life, eternal life, and all of eternity with you. I want that. I want that in my life. And so Jesus, forgive me. Come in, lead me, guide me. Uh, just cultivate the soil in my heart to be a, a follower of Jesus today. And Lord, I would just pray for all of my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning, uh, whether we're insiders or outsiders is just a choice. God doesn't say, well, you're an outsider and you're an insider. God sows the seed to all of us. And, and Lord, wherever we're at in our soil, wherever we're at in our journey of, of joy and misery and understanding and, and mature love, God, we want to land in the soil of mature love. We want to let unforgiveness go and roots of bitterness go. And we want to have good, soft soil. And so, Lord, just speak to each of our hearts wherever we're at in in relationship to that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's our hope that you will let this message go deep within your soul and allow Jesus to do the work that only He can do. We also want to encourage you to partner with us here at Brave. Go to brave.church and become a regular giver and be part of how God is using this message to help people find and follow Jesus.